worship by opening up the Word of God. And uh, today's scripture reading will come from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verses 1 to 11. La escritura de hoy viene del libro de Deuteronomio, capítulo 32, versículos 1 al 11. And I'll go ahead and read in English, but you can go ahead and follow along in Spanish, whether you're here in person or at home online. And we're going to read from Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 to 11. And you could hear God's word read aloud, or the scriptures will also be in the projector screen behind me, and you, or you can follow along in your Bibles as well. Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning at verse 1 to 11. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God, from the book that we love. Deuteronomy 32 beginning at verse 1. Listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear, you earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain, and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. They are corrupt and not his children. To their shame, they are warped and a crooked generation. Is this the way that you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father? your creator, the one who made you and formed you. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders and they will explain to you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all of mankind, he set boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob, his allotted inheritance. In a desert land, he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are good, you are gracious, you are kind, Lord, and that you are here, ever present with us in this moment. And Lord, we thank you that no, no, not only are you with us here and now, God, but you are for us. You are ahead of us on the journey of this life. You are behind us to protect us and alongside us to accompany us. Today, Lord, would you be our light. Guide us, God, in the desert, in the journey that we may be in. Guide us in the wilderness, Lord. Make a way, make a path. Give us confidence in you, Lord. Give us faith that goes beyond fear. Give us faith that goes beyond circumstances. Take us, Lord, to the promised land. Take us to you. 
as we continue to learn about these songs of deliverance, these songs of hope in your scriptures, Lord. May the joy of the Lord be our strength and the confidence of Christ be our shield. We love you, Lord, and we pray all this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. Such an amazing image and parental image that we see here in the scripture of how God, as uh, Sister Michelle mentioned in the prayer, is that father to us. That is the name of God, one of the names that he gives to us. Father, he is approachable, he is faithful, he is consistent with us. And like it says here, it says he guarded them, the God's people, as the apple of his eye. God sees you as the apple of his eye. Dios te ve como la niña de sus ojos. And really, this another incredible image in verse 11, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them. That's who God is to each and every one of us. And amen and hallelujah to that. That no matter where the ideal may lack in our actual lives, the grace of God abounds. And we have a good, good father, no matter what. We're continuing today in our summer rhythm with uh, this series that we're calling the Songs of the Bible. And during the summer, we change things up a little bit where we go beyond just hearing the word of God, but we want to learn to do it as well and also sharpen one another in different ways. We've been focusing on the Songs of the Bible throughout June and in July. I'm really excited because we're going to have another series of teaching called Voices Among Us, where we're going to be hearing different testimonies, different reflections, different stories from the voices among us, from folks and leaders within our church community together. And uh, we're, today we're continuing in this series that we're calling the Songs of the Bible. And this month so far, we've learned about several songs in the Bible that are not in the Psalms. We started with learning about the song of the seas or the song that split the seas in Exodus 15. And last week we reflected on the songs of the desert or the songs in the wilderness that we read about in Numbers 21, 17 to 18. And today we're going to be looking at another important song in the Bible that's found in the book of Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy 31 and 32. We just read a smaller passage of it. But we see that in Deuteronomy, God's people, the Israelites, after having been in the desert for 40 years, they are now on their way to the promised land. And on their way to the promised land, they sang this song to give them confidence. To give them confidence that God would be their deliverer to give them confidence that God alone would be their provider. We're calling this the song of confidence, but it's also called the song of Moses and Joshua that we read about in Deuteronomy 31 and 32. Moses and Joshua were actually the two leaders of God's people in this desert toward the promised land um, in those days. And here in the book of Deuteronomy, this is actually where Moses um, is finishing up his time as the leader of God's people, of the Israelites, and he's going to pass it on, delegate it on, to Joshua to lead them to the promised land. And here in Deuteronomy, Moses actually recommissions and recommits the people of Israel to love and obey the Lord when they enter into the promised land. 
He explains and lays down the law for them. He appoints Joshua as the new leader, as a younger leader. Moses got to lead them out of Egypt, through the seas, through the desert, but he didn't get to take them into the promised land. That was passed on to another leader, to Joshua, to be able to fulfill that. And here we see that um, in, in, uh, in Deuteronomy, one thing that this leader Moses is doing is he's making sure that this group of people that he's loved, that he's led, that they um, are able to go in the right path, to swear their allegiance, their renewed commitment to their God. Then Moses here, he summarizes all of this teaching, all of this calling for God's people. He summarizes it in this song in Deuteronomy 31 and 32. He and Joshua, they teach the people through a song. And it's a covenant song of God's faithfulness. It talks about God being the righteous rock of Israel. So it calls God that rock. The song reminds Israel of the Lord's blessing and also warns them of the consequences and the reality of disobeying him, of going in a different path. So this song is, is, uh, is a song that calls God a rock, right? He is the rock, perhaps an original rock song, right? 32 verse 4, it says, he is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. So Moses and Joshua, these two leaders, they taught the people that they were leading this song to give them boldness and confidence in all seasons and in all circumstances. Whether they were in the desert or in the promised land, they can sing these songs of confidence. So how did this happen? What was the process that led God's people from being fearful, from being doubtful, from being insecure, unsure, to now singing a song of boldness and confidence that can be sung in all seasons? Well, it all goes back to God's word and these very familiar words in Deuteronomy. You know, before getting into this passage, just a little bit of a few words on Deuteronomy Deuteronomy is a very important book in the Bible. It actually concludes a section of the Bible called the Pentateuch, or the first five books of the Bible. Or traditionally, by some, um, these first five books have also been called the books of Moses. Again, we cannot stress how important Deuteronomy is in the story of the Bible. In fact, Deuteronomy is the, is the book in the Bible that Jesus quotes the most throughout his three years of ministry. So there's a trivia question, a trivia answer for you. If you're ever on some kind of game show or Jeopardy or trivia show and you're asked the question, what book in the Bible did Jesus Christ quote the most? Well, the answer is Deuteronomy. Or if you're on Jeopardy and you have to make the answer in a form of a question, then the answer is, what is the book of Deuteronomy, right? And then you win your million dollars and can give to the church, and there we go, right? But Deuteronomy has many famous words, many famous passages. That's why Jesus quoted it so much. In fact, some of Jesus' fav famous quotes are actually him quoting and reciting the book of Deuteronomy. 
words like this, right? Many famous words that you may be familiar with. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. It's Deuteronomy 31.6. And then Deuteronomy Chapter 6, verses 4 to 5, this very, very important and famous prayer. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5, it should be up on the projector screen as well. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5, hear, O Israel, hear, O people of God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Again, one of Jesus' most famous quotes is him directly reciting the book of Deuteronomy. So through the desert and on the journey to the promised land, the people of God have prayed these words from the book of Deuteronomy. They've sang these words together. These words have given them comfort and confidence in all seasons. And in fact, this prayer that we just read right now, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, that's actually a prayer called the Shema. And the Shema is actually a prayer that for thousands of years, the Jewish community has actually prayed this prayer every single morning. In fact, the Shema is somewhat similar to the Lord's Prayer in the New Testament. The Shema found in Deuteronomy is a standard prayer for God's people in the Old Testament. And it is a prayer for all seasons it is a prayer to be memorized, to be recited daily, no matter what. No matter what my situation or what my circumstance may be around me. The Shema is a prayer of confidence, where God's people can express their trust and their devotion to God. And that's something we can even practice today. In 2021, as Imago Church community, we can wake up in the morning, no matter what side of the bed we woke up on, no matter what kind of feeling or emotion we woke up to, and we can pray the Shema. We can pray, hear, O Israel, hear, O church, hear, people of God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. If you ever need direction for your day, there you go. There's some direction. There's some good orderly direction. G-O-D, God, right? Now, just a little bit about this prayer, this extremely important prayer in the Bible called the Shema. Shema, which means hear or listen, it, it's a very common word in the Old Testament, and it's usually connected to the ear. We see examples of this, right? In Proverbs 20, 12, it says, ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. So again, in the original language, it would say ears that shema. We even see an example of this in the book of Romans, right? It tells us that faith comes through hearing. So if we were to translate that part of the Bible into Hebrew, it would say something like, faith comes through Shema in Romans 10, 17, right? It says, consequently, faith comes from 
hearing, or faith comes from Shema, the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ, Romans 10, 17. So in the scriptures, Shema means a lot more than just hearing or allowing sound waves to enter into our ears. But Shema also means pay attention. Shema means listen up. Shema means focus right now. This matters. Shema means hear, pay attention. Or it can even also mean respond. The call to Shema is also a call and a response from God. We see examples of this, right? In Psalm 27, verse 7, it says, Hear my voice, or Shema my voice, says God, when I call. Sorry, sorry, this is David, the psalmist, writing his prayer. He says, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. Or Shema my voice when I call, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. So asking God to Shema is also asking God to act, to intercede, to take action. It's similar to when God asks his people when they come to the wilderness and Mount Sinai. We talked about this last week. God says to them, if you listen to me, if you Shema to me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all of the nations, you will be my treasure or my treasured possession. Now, in the Bible, listening is the same as responding. And God's responses to us, God's response to us is his faithfulness. He will be faithful to you. Now, God's desired response that we have toward him is keeping his covenant, committing and trusting fully in him. Now, when God asks people to listen, he's asking people to shema, to, to listen to what th- this, he's asking them to both listen and obey. And that's part of what we see here in the scriptures, that obedience is wisdom in action. In the Bible, with this special word that's found throughout the entire Bible in the original language, in shema, there is no distinction between listening and obeying. They are one in the same. It's like that old hymn, right, that says honor and obey. There's no distinction between listening and obeying, between listening and doing. In the Old Testament, in the ancient Hebrew language, if you wanted to say a phrase like we do in English, right, sometimes as dads, as parents, as whatever it may be, we have to like explain uh, this whole long uh, phrase to be able to, to explain to our children to listen and do something at the same time, right? It doesn't always work. But in, if, if we want to say the similar thing in English, when we say, I will listen and do what you say, in the Bible language, in the ancient Hebrew language, you don't have to say that whole phrase to say, I will listen and do what you say. All you needed to say was one word, Shema. Shema means I will listen and obey. I will listen and do what you say. In the scriptures, listening and doing are two sides of the exact same coin. 
You cannot understand listening without doing. And you cannot understand doing without listening. So listening, hearing in the Bible is all about giving honor, respect, reverence to the one speaking to you, doing what they say. That's what God meant when he says, hear, O Israel, hear, O my people, listen and obey. Real listening takes effort. Real listening takes discipline. Real listening must always be coupled with action. And that kind of listening is what leads to obedience, to Shema. Friends, brothers, sisters, Shema, listening and obeying, that is what builds up our confidence. That's what builds up our confidence in the Lord and in this journey. Because confidence comes from aligning our identity and our purpose with God's identity and purpose for us. Confidence comes from aligning your heart with the heart of God. So how do we live this out? How do we live out the call of Shema, of listening and obeying? Or how do we actually put wisdom into action? Because the, the wisdom of God calls us to that, to action, not just knowledge, not just information. Wisdom begins with obedience, and obedience is wisdom in action. Wisdom is a life of Shema, of listening, action, and obedience. They're all connected. And friends, brothers, sisters, that is our call, to align our hearts with the heart of God. When we have that alignment, that's going to build up confidence. Kind of like when we have to get that tire alignment for our cars, right? It's not going to feel good. You're not going to feel confident until the tires are all aligned in the same way. We're going to build up confidence in this life internally when we align our hearts with the heart of God. That will build confidence in all seasons and in all circumstances. And the good news of the gospel is this. When we lack, when we drop the ball, when you and I mess up, when we're not perfectly aligned, when we're disaligned, there is still hope for us. There is still good news for us. When we lack confidence, we gain confidence from our King and our Lord Jesus who picks up the pieces and who fulfills the call of obedience, who fulfills the call of wisdom in action, who fulfills the call of Shema. He was obedient all the way to the cross for our sake. The cross, as it says in the book of 1 Corinthians, the, the 1 Corinthians, the cross is the power and the wisdom of God, displayed for all to see. A stumbling block for some foolishness to others, but the cross and the resurrection is the wisdom of God on display. God's wisdom is a wisdom that takes action. Right now, in this moment, 
in time and culture and where we find ourselves, I don't know about you, but I believe that we need wisdom. I need wisdom. We don't need just more noise. We don't need just more influencers. We need wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to listen and obey, no matter what. Wisdom is the ability to live out the call of Shema. Although we have our ups and our downs in this life, we can always reconnect and realign our hearts and our minds with the heart and mind of God. When we take the right posture, when we make that attitude adjustment, you can do that today, you can do that this week. Don't wait. Make the attitude adjustment. Make the realignment. Realign your heart with God's heart. But let's ask ourselves that today. Last week we asked, where are you, right? How about today? Let's ask this question. What is your attitude before God today? What is your posture before God today? Is your attitude based on your own way of thinking that seems right to you on worldly wisdom that says, you know what, I got this, Lord, so my will be done. I'm not listening, I'm doing my thing, and that's it. All right, well, let me know how that goes for you. Or is your attitude aligned with godly wisdom? Godly wisdom that says, God, I surrender. May your will, not mine, be done. Give me, Lord, an attitude of humility, an attitude of openness and of surrender. Friends, brothers, sisters, confidence begins with that attitude. With an attitude of humility, which humility is just being in tune with reality, with an attitude of openness and surrender to God or what God or, or, or what God is calling us into. To listen and obey. Obedience in action is what leads to confidence. Being aligned with the heart and the mind of God. Confidence is going to come from that. Not within my own circumstance, not within my own abilities or inabilities, because we all know that that fluctuates, that comes and that goes. Confidence feels like a tightrope, right? One day you feel on top of the world, the next day you feel like nothing. All of that just fluctuates. It's not going to sustain you. But our confidence must come in who God is in who God is in our lives, and what God is doing in and through each one of us. That's the root, and that's the starting point of true confidence in Christ. It begins on the inside. Not on the outside, not on what others think, or even what we think of ourselves. It begins on the inside. Wisdom begins with an attitude adjustment. Confidence begins with a heart alignment. Aligning your heart with the heart of God. Confidence begins on the inside, not just on what we portray on the outside. 
or what we post on social media or what we buy or what we consume. No, all of those things come and go. Confidence all begins on the inside because listening and action and obedience, they're all connected. That's, again, what the Bible calls Shema. There's a direct connection between the three. Because our thoughts lead to our actions, our actions lead to our character, and our character is our life. That's who we are. Our Lord Jesus, he knew this, and he found his confidence in practicing Shema, in listening and obeying. There's one of many occasions in the scriptures when religious leaders of all people were actually trying to corner and confuse Jesus. And they were even trying to make Jesus feel insecure. Yes, even Jesus dealt with that as well. We see an example of that in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses, verses 28 to 30. And we can put it up on the projector screen, uh, Mark uh, 12, 28 and 30 said as this, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. And then he asked him, and this is going to be the technicality or the now I got you moment, Jesus. He asked him, Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29. The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Friends, brothers, sisters, this is the key to confidence. This is how Jesus, in that moment of wanting to be pushed into a corner of insecurity, how he was able to hold on to that confidence in God to live out the call of Shema. To hear, to listen, to do, and to obey. You know, I, I saw this the other day. I'm, some of you know I'm pretty into sports and basketball, and right now is the Eastern Western Conference Finals. Uh, um, no spoilers, I record them all and watch them at the end of the day when kids are done. But um, this coach for one of the teams, he had this, this uh, hat that said something very fascinating. It, says, it said, well done is better is greater than well said. Well done is greater than well said. And that's part of the call of Shema to listen and obey because well done will always be better than well said. So my prayer is this, that together, as God's people, as one church, may we, may we live into this call of Shema, to listen and obey. Hear, O Israel, hear, O church, hear, O people of God, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. May we find our confidence 
not in our circumstances, but in God alone and in Christ alone. Amen. Amen. Now, right now, we're going to have another special moment to just be able to pray. And I'm going to invite our worship team to actually lead us in this time of devotion and of prayer with a special song. I believe the song is based on this theme of confidence in the Lord. So Lizbeth will go ahead and, and lead us in that. The whole team will lead us in that. But you can take this moment to just posture yourself, to realign your heart with the mind and heart of God. As together we listen to this song, you can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can sing. Do whatever you need to do in this time before the Lord. Let's find our confidence in Him.
that we can stop wrestling or being restless, God. We can find that rest, that peace, that confidence fully in you. Lord, would you hear our songs of praise? Lord, our songs of praise are also our prayers. And through this month, Lord, that's what we've been doing. We've been lifting up songs of hope and deliverance, songs of confidence songs of hope when all odds are stacked against us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
praise and close out our time in worship, God. Would you build us up, Lord, for your purposes? Build us in confidence, in boldness, Lord, to be able to lean into the call that you have for each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue with one last song of worship together. And uh, next week, we're going to be concluding this series that we're in on, on the songs of the Bible. So you can continue in reading a psalm each day. And next week, we're going to be reading um, the book of Judges, chapter 5, and it'll be the song of Deborah, or the songs of victory. So as we conclude our time in worship, let's go ahead and conclude with this last song, and we'll close out together.
Amen. What a, what a joy to be able to worship together. He makes us brave, and he gives us our confidence. It is found fully in him. Friends, it's been such a joy to be able to worship together today, and we're going to continue in our time of worship through fellowship immediately after service. Uh, you can just go right out, out there to the doors and have some a coffee, a pastry, connect with someone, greet someone you didn't come with today, and take those five minutes to connect with God and with each other. Once again, a very, very um, happy Father's Day to all fathers and father figures. And uh, as was prayed earlier today, we all have God, our Father, who we rejoice in, who we hold on to. And again, that's the good news of the gospel. Wherever the ideal lacks, the grace of God abounds. And that grace extends to each and every one of us here. Friends, it's been such a joy to worship together. Once again, stay cool in this intense heat that we're in. We'll have fellowship inside for that reason um, right after service. But as you go out from here, would you receive this blessing and benediction? And let's hear once again this call of Shema, this prayer. Listen, hear, O Israel, hear, O church, O people of God. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And hear now this blessing and benediction from the book of Numbers. As God's people were in the desert, first in Spanish, then in English. Que el Señor te bendiga y te guarde. Que el Señor haga resplandecer su rostro sobre ti. Y que nuestro Dios te dé la paz y la sabiduría que buscas. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you the peace and the wisdom that you seek. Amen. Amen and glory to God. Go in God's peace. God bless you. Stay for fellowship and we'll see you here for worship next week. Go in God's peace. God bless you.